0: Listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am your host, Chuck Peters, and joining me today on set in studio is my good friend and ministry partner, Jana Magruder. Jana, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. I love the new set.
0: Um, Yeah, we are on a new set. So listeners, depending on how you're watching, you may or may not get to see the set that we're on. But... Typically we record around a round table. You know, it's very business like we basic. sit around a round table. It's kind yeah. of basic. But but today we walked in and our studio has been redesigned. it's so a living room. We're sitting on cushy chairs and there's throw pillows and blankets and i'm not exactly how comfortable not sure how comfortable i feel i love it yeah it feels a little bit more like your style than (laughs) mine there's little fake succulent plants succulents is that right
1: yes Yes. those are fake succulents are
0: all succulents fake no okay absolutely not all right see in my experience whenever someone says that's a succulent it's a little tiny plastic plant (laughs) so i'm equating the two so listeners are you succulent people or not hmm
1: it's the only plant that I have a chance of keeping alive, The plastic honestly. one? No, well, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. But if I'm going to uh, give an attempt to keep a live plant alive, yes. house plant, uh, then it has to be a succulent. So when, They're, when, they tend to be pretty easy.
0: I, I so as a guy who likes words, I'm a word guy. Okay. I like to use fun words. Mm-hmm. I like to understand words. Yes, we know so this I wonder, about you. I wonder about the etymology, which itself is a fun word, the <laughs> etymology of the word succulent in regards to these plants. Because when I think of something as being succulent, isn't that like a flavor? Like something that's delicious
1: is like, oh, that's succulent. It's juicy. It's, it's full of water. Is I that what that, that means? I think so. Are you're making this up. Or do you probably, know this to be true? but I think that that's uh, like succulents hold on to their water. Okay. And that's why they're easy to keep alive because you can forget to water them and they've got their own water.
0: Like camels.
1: Yes, like camels. So would you
0: would you would you say that a camel is succulent? No. No, of no. course not, right? That just seems out of place.
1: Oh, well, somebody's going to email you or post <laughs> yeah, the answer do. to this question. Listeners,
0: there are so many questions that the more questions I ask, the more questions I have. So <laughs> thank you, Jana, for helping me with the uh, understanding of succulent and their succulents. The succulents of succulents.
1: Did you know a cactus is a succulent?
0: Um, no, but based on your definition, it makes sense that it would have been. Right. Yeah. And yet a little prickly, a little more prickly that than too. I would prefer. Well, listeners, welcome. We I had no idea we'd be talking about succulents, but as we talk about this, the set that we are sitting on, it lended itself to that conversation in the moment. As it goes sometimes. But welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you listening. Hey, we want to provide for you content and information and inspiration that helps you in your ministry to inform, instruct, and inspire you. And so this episode is one of many. If you're new, welcome. We're so glad to have you listening. You can find the Kids Ministry 101 podcast wherever you consume the succulent podcasts that you listen (laughs) to. Uh, And you can also find our archives online. uh, And and a great place to go to find that is the primary landing page for Lifeway Kids. It's lifeway.com slash kids. And there you will find links to our resources, our blog, our podcast, some training, which has some awesome videos, some gospel presentation uh, resources to help you. And so lifeway.com slash kids is a wonderful place for you to go as a destination And I would welcome you to go there and check out the archive of all the podcast episodes that we have, many of which may may or may not include some images of us sitting on different sets here and there, most of which (laughs) are not not as (laughs) succulent as this particular one. Oh, boy. So uh, today, we're going to be talking with a good friend of ours, Jen, that we've known for many Mm -hmm. years. Uh, who is a children's minute. Her name is Cheryl Markland. Before we let her say hello, let's talk about her a little okay. bit. So, <laughs> so we know her from the state of North Carolina, right? Yeah. We we often work with state, SBC state leaders from mm-hmm. different states all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so Cheryl Markland, she is currently the ch- childhood ministry strategist uh, for the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. And we've known her in her role there for quite some time and had great times Oh, places like Ridgecrest and where we've gathered together over the years. Oh, so. Yes,
1: Cheryl and I have traveled the country, yeah. it seems like. I've seen her in all different kinds of places and have learned from her through the years. So grateful for her and her ministry. And Cheryl, so, let's just welcome yes. you. Welcome to the podcast. It's We're time so glad to, to have
2: welcome you. Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you all so much. I'm, I'm honored and really thrilled to be part of this today.
0: Now, we were talking a little bit before we started to roll for the podcast about your history. Tell us a little bit about your your experience that led you to where you are today. You talked about it's been a number of years that you've been in children's ministry.
2: Yeah, I'm almost 30 years. I don't prefer to think that I'm old, just that I'm well-seasoned. But um, I started part-time uh, many years ago in a church in uh served 17 years in two different churches. And I've been at the Baptist State Convention for um, 11 years now. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm loving the work, loving being able to help churches um, take what God has gifted me, the experiences, both good and bad, and and use them to help other churches as they uh, minister to children. Tell us a little bit about what your job looks like day to day. What does that look like or what has it looked
0: like over the years? How do you partner with churches there?
2: Um, I retired last year and, uh, Good I with y'all, yes, <laughs> I love retirement. I highly recommend it, but I still work on a contract basis with the convention. So I, the beauty of doing that is I get to do what I love most. Um, some, a lot of it is just answering emails, being a listening ear for other ministry leaders. Um, I get to do, uh, leadership training, doing a lot of safety and security training and, um, One of the highlights of what I do is called Foundations of Children's Ministry, where um, I help try to help those who are new to ministry have a good start. I tell them I teach what I wish someone had taught me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do some Zoom sessions through that. And that has become, I think, going to be sort of a legacy project. Mm -hmm. There's going to be fruit for years to come from that.
0: So you're a great friend and partner to a lot of churches uh, to to coach and come alongside and encourage. I know that, you know, the idea of being strategic is something that uh, that's true of you. You're a strategic thinker and leader. And a lot of times that may look like best practices and training Mm -hmm. and equipping and coaching. But you also have a heart for content, Right. We know that what we teach matters and it's important to have a voice uh, as a leader. And and again, we want to be that and we want to give you that opportunity to speak to the whole of our listening audience about something that's been heavy on your heart, something that the Lord's put on your heart about just how important it is that we make sure that everything we do is pointing back to Jesus. Tell us a bit about the, I guess you had a, an epiphany uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, a little while ago. Tell us a little bit about the, of
2: that story. Well, I'll go back just a little bit. Uh, when I get ready to train leaders, especially uh, in the realm of family ministry, one of the first things I do is apologize to the group. I said, because for so long, I did what I was taught, and that was making sure that Sunday was great. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, we were in essence saying, parents, um, we've got this covered. You know, you don't really need to worry about this. And so we now have a generation of parents who were children in my children's ministry who don't know how to disciple their kids Uh because they weren't discipled. Right. And so that has always weighed heavy on me. Um, and we as a state consultant, I'll go out to churches and talk to children's leaders and I'll say, you need to be disciple teaching your parents how to disciple their children at home. And they look at me like I have three heads. Mm-hmm. Uh for one thing, sometimes they don't know what I mean. And sometimes they go, Do you not realize how full my plate is? Mm-hmm. And um So as I had kind of mulled over that through the years, trying to figure out how I can create content that can help children's ministry leaders teach their parents. um, I was doing my quiet time reading a story that I had read countless times about Jesus talking to his disciples And he looks at them and he says, who do people say that I am? And they give some, you know, generic answers. You're Elijah, you're John the Baptist um, or one of the prophets. But then I can imagine him looking them straight in the eye and going, who do you say that I am? And it's like the explosion went off in my head. Mm -hmm. I thought, what a great question. What a question that could encompass so much of discipleship. If parents had that question as their foundation, they could spend years discipling their kids, how to answer that question. Who do you say Jesus is? Mm -hmm. And so that began a process of me just thinking, um, I am the Google queen. (laughs) And so I I did some, some Googling about, What happens to the brain when you ask a question? And it was amazing because they say that Jesus asked 305 questions in the New Testament. Wow. So that was a powerful tool he used. Mm -hmm. So if that's the the case, then questions must be important. And the idea that when you ask someone a question, you hijack their brain Mm -hmm. because the brain exists to create meaning. And so you ask a question and they immediately, their brain lays aside everything they're working on to find an answer to that question. Hmm. So the questions can help people kind of take all these random thoughts and create an answer. And so it's a great tool for discipleship. Um, When Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He's asking the disciples, Everything you've seen, everything you've heard me say, what does that mean to you? Who do you say that I am based on all that you've experienced with me?
1: Yeah, and I love that because that really sets the stage to teach some key foundational truths about who Jesus is. And then you've identified six of these questions that you can set up and frame a discipleship framework, if you will. For families to use so that they're not just starting from scratch, which that's the overwhelming piece that that I felt when I uh, was on church staff. And what we hear from leaders all the time is, okay, we can tell families you're the primary discipler parents. It's all it's all you because I've seen this pendulum sort of shift from like Mm -hmm. you said The Sunday school teachers and the children's ministry leaders took it all on and said, "Okay, the church will be the primary discipler. Then we saw a huge pendulum shift to, no, parents, you are the primary disciplers. And what's happened, in my opinion, is that we can say that all day long. But if your parents aren't equipped to do that, which is what I hear you saying, Cheryl, is that there's a gap there, then We can say it all day long and it's not going to to change. And so how do we equip families to do that? And I love what you've shared with us is you've developed a training platform around those six questions. So who do you say I am and what are some of the other questions? Yeah, take us through those.
2: Yeah. The next question I think is important is based on biblical identity everybody's trying to tell children who they should be and yet and but we want them to have a biblical sense of identity so I just asked the question Jesus loves me do I know hmm. and um I think out of that you can have some great discussions about your identity in Christ um and then you, know, you the, say that, you say the, the
0: second part of that uh, is you say Jesus loves me do I know and then you say what does Jesus think of me Right. What is he? Who does he say I am? So I love that your first question is, who do you say he is? And the second is, who does he say I am? I love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The third one would be how important is my relationship with Jesus? Um, In that particular training session, I went through just a straight evangelism training because I tell people, if you can share the gospel with a third grader, you can share the gospel with anybody. Yeah. Because you have to do it in concrete terms. You know, you're not going to use church speak. And so the cool thing is if I had told the parents in the class that we're going to do evangelism training, they wouldn't have shown up. We know that that's the truth in churches. Uh But if I say that this is part of a parenting class, that there's no greater privilege and honor than to be the one to share the gospel with your own child, they'll show up. Because it's for their kids. And hopefully, if they've learned to do it, it's not only for their kids. It'll be for their kids' friends. Mm. So um, I I love sharing the gospel uh, or sharing how to share the gospel through that. But we also talked about um, that relationship in terms of some of the the, uh, spiritual disciplines. We talked about family worship. What can it look like? What can it sound like? You know, that it doesn't have to be three points in a poem, you know, that it can be a conversation. (laughs) These questions are great. I know I told y'all I shared, (laughs) to be honest, being retired, I was cleaning out a closet. And so (laughs) I shared some leftover resources I had. But the the gospel project, big picture questions, those are great questions that you can use in family worship. Um, we talked about how to have a gospel conversation, you know, you you to share the gospel or, or share matters of faith as you go down the road. And so um, there was uh, one article I saw that was like 50 questions you can ask your kids. But you can take those questions and turn them into faith-based conversations if you desire to do that as a parent. Um, you mentioned you week? mentioned
0: the big picture questions from the Gospel Project. And I just want to interject quickly to tell listeners where to find that. So listeners, yes. if you do want to find that, the big picture questions and answers for kids is connected to the gospel project, but stands apart mm-hmm. from it in that regardless of the resource you use, this is a great collection of questions and answers that you can use with preschoolers and kids that our team at LifeWay Kids has developed. So the easiest place to find that is lifeway.com slash B P Q a big picture questions and answers. Lifeway.com slash we'll get you there. And there's a, it's a free resource and an interactive webpage to help you find those questions. And that's a great resource to share with parents. It's also available as a booklet or a poster. So that's a great resource. Thank you for that plug. And now I'll hand it back to you after this word from
2: our sponsor. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, the fourth one is why do I need to study and learn scripture? Um, I appreciate that you can find scripture on your phone, Mm -hmm. but it's it's almost like there are a lot of people that I know and love that I do not know their phone numbers anymore Yeah, because all I have to do is hit a button. And I think that it is critical for us to kind of move away from that mindset to help kids really learn scripture, to hide it in their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I used an old, Bill Emiot resource, (laughs) um, we had sort of fun this night with the, um, Bible games and how you can take some of the Bible games and go to the dollar store. And, you know, what a great, what thing to add to your family worship is just to have, you know, just sort of back pocket things where you make learning how to use your Bible fun. And so we just had, had a great night doing that. Um, The fifth one is, how am I to treat others according to the Bible? And we talked about what empathy is and how you can intentionally build empathy within your kids. Um, I know one of the things that, again, this is a little mini soapbox of mine. Parents will do service projects, especially with the holiday season coming up. They'll bake cookies for their neighbors and they'll do kind things But I want them to understand that we need to do this. If we want it to be a discipleship effort for our kids, we need to do it in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. We need to tie what we're doing. We need to let the um, kind thing be the vehicle for sharing that we are sharing the love of Jesus, that we are gifting people because Jesus, because God gifted us Jesus. And so again, it's, and it doesn't have to be a sermon it's just you know a statement a thought an idea a Bible verse added to a tin of cookies you know let's go beyond just being nice and kind to being that way because G- because God was kind to us through Jesus yeah, yeah so, great good thought so like I said full soapbox but um and with that we I gave the the participants uh a dozen questions a dozen scriptures and a scenario and i said which one of these scriptures would you use with your child um and so again it's a what I discovered through this that I had a chance to teach these six sessions at a church and I discovered some things I didn't expect one is that young adults um either don't know how or they're not comfortable talking about things of faith. Um, You know, we kind of stutter in a group of people when we get ready to say the word God. God did this for me. And so I tried to create opportunities for them to have faith-based conversations with each other so that they will be more comfortable initiating those faith-based conversations with their own children. So it's almost like we need to provide a, a place to practice yeah. at church. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we always we do uh, that we always do that. Some of our Sunday school classes tend to be sort of the talking head kind of thing. But um I would love for adult leaders to understand the need to help parents learn to talk freely uh, where it's more natural about things of faith. Mm-hmm. And then the last question was, "How can I face fear?" And uh, we know that. Um, I use the my age in this conversation. I said, "You know, when I was a kid, we would go out and play for hours, and uh, we had like a two block radius. But I'm not sure mom knew what we were doing every minute of the day. And for many parents, just letting their kids outside in their own backyard to play can be nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that fear gets transferred to our children and so um, how can we help our kids face fear how can we give them a new monologue in their head about facing fear through um, knowing that God is on our side Mm -hmm. that God is with us so those were sort of the six big questions I'm sure that there are more that could be added but those were the six that I felt like if parents had a handle on how to answer these questions and intentionally disciple their kids through these questions, then their kids would be pretty sound disciples of Christ. I love that, Cheryl.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. I think those six questions really frame up the key things of faith that we want to teach our kids. And so it's just nice that you have sat and taken the time to think through uh, Mm -hmm. such a big topic and be able to, in sections, be able to walk families through how to um, teach the things of, of their faith uh, to their children. So thank you for sharing these. Um, I think this is something that we can probably share uh, with our listeners are these six key questions. And uh, and they can they can use it, you know, with our resources or some of the things that we've talked about in here. And I'll just mention a couple others that would really lay over this nicely the levels of biblical learning you mention um just in some of our communication Um, as well as- Let me me interject again
0: as your commercial sponsor. The levels of biblical learning (laughs) is a fantastic construct that our LifeWay Kids team has put together over the years with help from many subject matter experts outside of LifeWay Kids. You can find that listeners at LifeWay.com slash levels of biblical learning. It's a long URL, but it's worth it. Type it in. (laughs) LifeWay.com slash levels of biblical learning. And that talks about how kids learn differently uh understand uh, a cross section of biblical concepts at different age levels and so that understanding of age uh, age awareness and age-appropriate learning is what the levels of biblical learning, which we affectionately call the LOBL, the LOBL, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which that URL may work also, lifeway.com slash LOBL. It does. It's a, it's a redirect. let yeah. try that redirect. That yeah. might be easier for you.
1: <laughs> yes. And that's just a starting point uh, that I think leaders can share with their families and with their their leaders, their volunteers, their teachers, to know you know, how to appropriately talk about spiritual things at the right age. And so between those two documents that you mentioned, Cheryl, I think that they overlay nicely on these six key questions that you've developed.
0: And then we also have, I might also add, uh, Bible skills for kids. So uh, the levels of biblical learning uh, connects with our Bible Studies for Life resource. It informs it. Uh, the big picture questions and answers informs the gospel project, and Bible Skills for Kids informs Explore the Bible Kids and connects there. Again, all of these stand alone as resources that you can use as a framework for ministry and for training, and they're great resources to hand out to parents to help them have conversations, and lifeway.com slash Bible Skills for Kids gets you to that one. So I'm sure you can Google these or find them, and honestly, (laughs) let's provide links. We'll put some hot links uh, into the show notes of this episode for those things. And so, therefore, listeners, you can just go to lifeway.com slash kids and find this episode there, and we'll get you linked up to find those things easily.
1: I think the important takeaway is to do something. Don't just assume that your families are prepared, your parents are prepared to take that command, go disciple your kids, and, and be able to do it with confidence. And so that is a role that the church can play. And that's where the beauty of the partnership exists, is that, yes, it is both. The family and the church partner together to disciple kids. And so that's the important takeaway is to do something. So I'm so grateful, Cheryl, that you, in your wisdom and your expertise through the years of ministry that you have served, that you've taken the time to think through what would I would have, what would I have wanted to know when I was on church staff, how to develop my families. And this is something that would be an excellent tool. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us.
2: Thank you for the opportunity to share it with y'all. Thanks, Cheryl, for being
0: here today. Jana, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Hey, we want to be a place where you can come and find uh, not only fantastic resources that our team creates, but support. And encouragement and strategy. Uh, and so episodes like this are so fantastic to have someone of Cheryl's stature come in and share her insights. Uh, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And again, I want to encourage you to check out more in the archives at leftway.com slash kids. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.